I, I got a big announcement for everybody, all the podcast listeners. Today, officially, your boy is signed up for the LA Marathon. We're going to be making that debut March 17th. Let's get it. So everybody there out go. there, you in LA, you know, come cheer for your boy. I'm going to be out there doing the thing, man. But I'm, I've am i been saying I was going to do it, but I'm officially signed up. And I'm kind of okay. scared. I'm kind of scared now. But I'm officially signed up. LA Marathon, March 17th. Your boy is going to be there in a running report singlet. So make sure y'all out there cheering for me. You know what hey, I mean? Hey, bro, that's how you do it. You feel me? A lot of people going to 2024 say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. This man stay, stay true to his resolutions coming hey, in man. January 9th, bro. Pr- proud of you, bro. Come on. Come on. Yeah, bro. I, I, no, I'm, I'm excited. Shout out to my boy, Cody Logan. He works for Goo. Uh, my boy hooked that up. I will say that. He, he hooked that up. So Hold on, we what? in there, bro. You got the you got a deal? Hey man, you know what I'm saying? A little 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 ambassadorship, you know what I'm saying? Something oh, like okay. that. Oh, a little bit, a little bit of something, something, you know what I mean? Well, I'll be drink, I'll be eating goose, you know, along the way. Shout out to Goo. <laughs> that's exciting. So that's gonna be definitely exciting to talk about on the podcast. Just going in March 17th. Let's get into it, bro. I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Possible, always with the brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, super hot pots. And you're watching and listening to your favorite two black runners every single two black two Happy New Year. I don't know if it's too late to be saying that, but uh, let's go. I'm, I'm ready. You know, last episode, we hit, we did it for the real ones. Told y'all the what we did in 2024. And now 2024, we full in, full sin. And I'm excited for what we got slated for the next couple of weeks for y'all, man. Nah, it's definitely going to be super duper exciting. We're going to talk about that a little bit more into the podcast, but let's just jump into it, man. We said last week we're going to get into some running news. We're actually going to get into some running news this week, Aaron. So I want to get into it before we get derailed and talk about just about a whole bunch of other things. So let's just talk about it. First up, I want to talk about these World Athletics rivalries. So World Athletics released like on their Instagram. World Athletics Instagram been popping right now. I'm not even going to cap. They do some good stuff. And they've been doing some good stuff for a while. So I'm giving giving them their flowers. You know, shout out World Athletics. Y'all doing a good job. But they released some rivalries for 2024 that's really going on. And I want to know out of you, Aaron, which of these rivalries that they already released that we already know that are rivalries are you most interested in seeing in the 2024? We got the heptathlon with Anna Hall, Katrina Johnson Thompson, and uh, Nafi Theum. And then we got the men's 1500 with Jake Whiteman, the return of Jake Whiteman against the defending champion Josh Kerr and Jacob Ingerbrigsten. And then we got the men's 400 meter hurdles between Allison Dos Santos, Rye Benjamin, Karsten Warholm, and Kyron McMaster. Which one of these three rivalries are you most interested in in 2024? Man, wait, they, I gotta look this up. Wait, what about the Carson Warholm versus Mondo Duplantis in the in the 100? Okay, that's just fake. That's just fake. Right? Okay. <laughs> my bad, my bad. I was like, is that happening? <laughs> Shoot, man. Let me see. They posted this. I'm I'm really checking this up in real time. But really, shoot, 
So the 15 was Jake Whiteman. Hmm. Dang, this this four, this four, the hurdles, man. Carson Warholm, Rye Benjamin, uh, Karan McMaster, and Allison Dos Santos. Like, that's that's crazy. Like, that's best ever right there. You know, that's nah. world record. Last time, what did we see at the Olympics last time? We saw that 45. That was Stone crazy. Superman. And Rye Benjamin, he'd be biking 30 miles a week now. You know what I'm saying? Carson, I mean, I would say Carson. What the heck? Carson, I was going to say Carson Palmer. Carson Warholm, no. you know, he out here running in the snow. I, I I don't know if that makes you faster, but he's definitely crazy. And Dos Santos, you know him. That boy about 6'8". That man tore his ACL last year and still came back. And what, finished like, oh, I think he finished like, he didn't do as well in the final, but yeah, he's tore like his ACL. Youngest. He's he the youngest out of all of them. And then uh, Karan McMaster, he, isn't that boy? He won at uh, that final Diamond League, right? Yeah, he won the Diamond League, got second place in Worlds, but it's been around for a minute. I think that one's, the men's 400 meter hurdles is like super exciting. Like honestly, for me on this list, bro, the men's 1500 meter, if we're looking at these three, is the one I'm least interested in. Like now I'm going to cap. Like I'm most interested in the men's 400 meter hurdles. I think that's going to be super exciting. Like you said, these are arguably the four greatest 400 meter hurdlers of all time, the four right. fastest low key. And then these women, like, I just really want to, I think it's going to be really interesting to see like Anna Hall. She's such a competitor and like, she wants gold so bad that she will only be satisfied with that, th that it's going to be super interesting. Then the 2020, the men's 1500, I don't know what Jake Mightman's going to do. I got to see what he's going to do first. You feel me? Like, I don't know how he's going to factor into that. Jacob versus Josh Kerr is gonna be cool, but like I don't know. I'm saying though, this is this is a for Jacob. This is summer 16 because he's looking for revenge. Okay, this bro. That was, that was <laughs> come on, bro. That was nah, bro. For revenge. You know what I'm saying, bro? What you mean? Like this dude cannot get this double, bro. He's been trying to get this double for so long, and. This is his time. This is his time to do it on the biggest stage in Paris. If he can get finally win the 15 and the 5K, because he cannot get that 15 for some reason, then he solidifies himself as the great. There's no there's no denying it. You know, there's all those Jacob fanboys who are in the comments and they're like, Jacob, he should have won uh, World Athlete of the Year. No, he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. He, he he didn't do good enough yet. I'm sorry. He did great, but he he couldn't. He wasn't ready for it. If he wins, it, I'm just saying it's undeniable if he goes back and wins the 15 and the 5K that I have to put him up there with Mo Farah. I got to put him up there with, uh, start putting him up there with uh, Holly and Bekele. Like, you got to start mentioning him in those names because he has, like, the records to go with it. So I think that one is still pretty interesting and has implications. No, it's definitely interesting, but to me, not as interesting as the other two because I feel like there could be someone random that just comes in into the mix, like honestly, and just surprises to be honest. well, not I mean random, but just like what, hold up, what if it's Cole Hawker? You feel me? Like yard. We can't yeah, what if it's yard, you know what I mean? So like I don't know. So it, it is it is def it definitely is interesting, but I think the heptathlon, I'm just putting some respect on it in this moment. Uh also in recent news, bro, uh the program that we are in magic boost just announced their 2024 class 
Uh, y'all can go on the Sidious Mag, bro. Check out all these new, uh, these new um, content creators and uh, influencers and all these people that are coming into the Magic Boost class. It's great to see and everything. Uh, but I just want to bring this up real quick, Aaron, because it's wild to it's wild to me to look back and be all like, bro, like we were in Magic Boost almost three years ago now, like. Yeah, Isn't man. that wild? That was three years ago. Like at this point, like this is the this is the third class. Like it's if time moves fast. <laughs> I move definitely moves fast. Always shout out to Magic Boost. Um, shout out to our boy Keith. Shout out to 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 Liz. Shout out to Nancy. You know, uh, shout out to COD. I saw him at TRE. I'm, I'm giving all these acronyms now, but Magic Boost um, does such a great job of you know, putting these young people in the right positions to win. And this class looks tough. I'm not even going to, this class is tough, bro. That's Serenity on there, my boy Track Road News on there, Robert Hopper. I was looking through some of their, their Instagrams. Make sure y'all go check them out because these people, you know, Magic Boost definitely helps elevate these people, but these people are already doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? They already mm -hmm. established doing their thing. So, Go follow them. Go follow them now, because you know some of them are already blown up. You know what I'm saying? To be honest, because they're they they're doing great things. So I'm happy that uh, you know to see them be a part of the family. I'm excited to see what all the things that they do this year. But I already started following all of them because I'm just excited to just see the content that they've been producing. Because you know they've been great for a while now. Yeah, and it's amazing to me to see like the need for magic boost is still there the need for more track and field media people are still coming like more people want to do like what we're doing and want to be in this spot and like aspire to that it's amazing to see that like that keeps on evolving year after year after year i was just working with someone this past weekend who applied to magic boost he wasn't he didn't get in he's a photographer great great guy sam sue who are at the armory but he was like, like bro like, like i saw that i saw that yes yeah. Sam's great, bro, but like he did he didn't get in. And it's all like it's crazy that like there's just such a need and like people, there's a lot of people that are hungry. And even someone that made the list, I was working with her at the armory this past weekend too, as a she was an announcer, uh Taylor. So shout out to her that she I didn't even know she was applying. And I was like literally my first day meeting her, and now she's a magic person. Like, oh shoot, that makes sense because she was nice. Like she was good at her job. So like it's it's amazing to see like there's still this need and like people want to make this sport better and like that's dope. That's dope to see. You feel me? Yeah. So she was announcing like over, she was announcing over the intercom or she announcing like on like render space. She was announcing on the PA system. And, but oh, like we did, tight. That's tight. we did like a little like preview of like the meet like beforehand. And like, I did it with her and that, that was really cool. So like, and it's really cool to be honest too, because you don't see a lot of young females like yeah. Yeah. as yeah. on the PA system. So that's really like dope to see. So like, yeah, like yeah, she's only she's still in college, so that's 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 really awesome. That's really awesome. Um, some other news in, in track, bro, that we got to talk about. Those we didn't get to talk about it last week. You know, we we love talking about the uh, unreasonable speculation of Bowerman Track Club, just like any other uh, track fan out there at this moment. Courtney Ferrix left Bowerman. It, uh, surprisingly, another one biting the dust. She said in an Instagram po Instagram post. 
BTC is an incredibly special organization, and I'm so thankful to have had the opportunity to be a part of it. I don't think my 23-year-old self could have ever imagined the journey that this chapter would be. At this moment, she's uh, training in Albuquerque, I believe, but she's also, she's been like training with the Puma Elite crew with like Taylor Warner and Fiona O'Keefe, uh, headed by Amy, Amy Alistair Craig. Amy Alistair Craig, I believe I'm saying that. I think I may be saying that wrong. But uh, with the Puma Elite crew right now, that's based in Southern California, that's Southern California, South Carolina, uh, training with them. So Courtney Ferrix leads Bowerman. And like, honestly, bro, I just feel like it's just a new phase of Bowerman now, bro. Like, it doesn't seem like this was a, a bad breakup by any means anymore to me. It just seems like people just need a change. I don't know why it happened in the Olympic year, but they needed a change. Yeah, like we said it earlier, bro, it happens in all levels of work and jobs. You know, people come, people uh, people go, you know what I mean? Courtney, I feel like, you know, she's a, a veteran in the game. And, and, you know, saying sometimes you need a, a new system to give you like that revigored energy and refreshment. So hopefully going down there um, in South Carolina with Puma, you know, just elevates her and you know and we can see her you know come bring us another medal she's a silver yeah. medalist at the olympics one of the best we've ever had so i'm wishing her all the best i'm happy that she was able to find something that was best for her and yeah bowerman is just in a new phase things changes maybe maybe we'll see some other groups uh rise to the top or It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what comes from all the all these off-season changes. You know, we got free agencies too, low-key. And it was, it's a lot different, but yeah, in a way. I think Bowerman will ever be like to the same level of hype back in like Bowerman Babes era, uh, 2020, 2021. Can they, I don't know if they'll ever reach that hype again. Like that was like, I think that, you know how Oregon Project hit that peak, you know? Like back in like 2014, 2012, like I feel like Bowerman has hit that peak and not that people are still going to run because I think Sean McGordy, Mohamed, Charles Hicks is probably going to be like pretty good too. I think they still have amazing careers ahead of them. But like the peak of the entire team was that Bowerman Babes era and like I don't know if they'll ever get to that popularity. A good point because you could say the same thing about there was a there was a time where Oregon Track Club was and it was under Jerry, I believe. When you think about Oregon Track Club, um, you had Chris Zielinski on on the team. They had my boys. This is one of my favorite runners. So only real ones know J-Mac, Jordan McLemore. Yeah, yeah Nick Simmons, Andrew Weeding. Did I say Hassan already? Hassan. No. I, I think Mo even was on that team for a second. I don't know. But, oh, Matt Camp and stuff. like Matt Fleet. Mm, I think he made, yeah, Mac Fleet was probably on. But yeah, there definitely was like a period within that club where it was like they were at their like peak, 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 you know? And then sometimes when when that happens, you know what happens, bro? A rebrand. You just, it's the same candy in a different rapper. And if they do that, they might give, I don't know, they could get back. It's all marketing. You got to get just get the right people and it's Nike. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it really does develop. Before we get to uh the next part of the podcast, there is some sad news to really 
uh, report on as we get closer to the Olympic trials uh, for the marathon. It's crazy that we're only a month away to Orlando. Aaron and Aaron's going to be down there. And then also our photographer and videographer, John, is going to be in the building as well in Orlando for the Olympic trials, for the Olympic trials. But Emma Bates reported earlier this week that she is going to be out of the Olympic trials. She said in an Instagram post, uh, actually like a video, saying that I have some good news and some bad news. I'm back to doing workouts with Team Boss. The bad news is I'm withdrawing from the trials. There's just not enough time to be where I need to be another four years to wait for another Olympic team. I'll be okay. Uh, it's sad to see she was emotional in the video, but seems she's had some type of peace with it, knowing that she's going to uh, stick it out till 2028 and she's back to training uh, really hard again. I'm pretty sure we'll see her in a world major at the end of this year, but it sucks to see Emma Bates not just being able to toe the line. You know what I mean? No, definitely. She's someone that everybody loves in the running world. She has just a good spirit. If you ever just, see her uh walking walking around um just very kind very kind energy but when she's out there racing she's a gamer and she's definitely somebody i mean she just ran at chicago this year right and i can't remember what she ran but she's been running really good on the roads over the past year so it's disappointing that we won't be able to see her compete at the trials for a spot on that team and you know the sport is it's it's cutthroat bro it's, it's unforgiving it's, you know it's unforgiving it's next woman or man up and you know i'm sure everybody is disappointed that they won't get to compete against her but you know what i'm saying that that opens up another spot for someone else but at the same time nothing is guaranteed at the olympic trials man we can't forget especially in the in the marathon as i'll soon find out <laughs> there's a lot that <laughs> There's a lot that happens, you know, building up to training in that race. So not everyone's always coming to the line healthy. And then so many things can happen in, happen in the race. So, shoot, we're not that far out from it. But it's going to be, it's always, a, it's always interesting watching the marathon trials. It never really feels like every single spot is as locked in as some of the track events are. So. No, yeah, I think so, for sure. Anything can happen on that day and it's going to be a super it's going to be a super exciting day so many different storylines and here on two black runners we're going to provide you with one storyline for the next four weeks on one of aaron's uh closest friends warren jeet boyle boyal i said that right aaron uh, Boyle, but we can we will ask him when he get on. We ask him when he get on. <laughs> but Swarren is gonna come onto the podcast. He runs for the Hoka Aggies. Uh, for the what the past like five or six years now, he's been with the Aggies. Aaron, I think, yeah, about five ish or six, five ish or six years. Um, he's coming from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, where he was on the cross country team, cross country team there, but. Really wanted to highlight Swarren because Swarren, before we get him on here, we will gas him up as much as possible. But what I really like about Swarren, he's one of the most uh, positive and driven people that I've ever met in my in my life. This dude, when I was living, so me and Swarren, uh, we lived together when I was on when I was competing on the Aggies as well, and basically a big runner's house. My guy is a is an engineer. My guy coaches. Uh, coaches high school now too and 
He out here running like 110, 120 miles a week. He'd be getting up every day at 530. And he was like the only one at that time in our house that had a real job as an engineer, bro. And his motto was more money. He's like, uh, money, uh, money, miles, and mama. That's all that's those are the three things. Get get that money, get that, get those miles, and make sure your mama good. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> That's that's why I'm I'm really stoked. He's also probably one of the only Indian runners out out there, and I think that has a lot to do with like the culture and mindset he has. So I'm he needs a big reason why I'm at Hoka today. But I'm I'm really excited for us to over these next couple of weeks really dive into his story, and there could be someone for you all to to follow. I mean, he's a two sixteen guy. Like we said, you never know. You never Jeez. know what could happen. Yeah, you never know. know. Hey, it may be humid. Some of y'all may have seen the clip. There's a clip at regionals and like 20, ah, dang, when was this? 20, I'm gonna guess 2015 when a Cal Poly student went out way far ahead of Edward Cesarek and a dog was chasing him. That was one. We'll find that, find that clip. (laughs) We're gonna have to talk about that. All right, I'm ready. I'm gonna let him in. Two legends, one screen. This doesn't get to happen every day. I love Three legends, bro. Three legends. That's right. Bro. Yeah. The day oneers. They don't, they don't, they really don't know. They They really don't don't know, know, man. That's the best part. Yeah, Swarm, we just want to go in and really like cover uh, your story kind of like in four parts. What are you going to do? We want to start off talking about like your journey in the, in the 2020 and like how that was and going into your first Olympic trials. Then we want to talk about how you got into running and then even dive in to about your build up into 2024. And then lastly, really want to learn a little bit more deeper about you and like what you're doing right now. But I'm excited to just get into a dive, dive more into Dude. like, what's it about, bro? Like you must be in Orlando, bro. That's supposed to be hype. It's ready three weeks, man. I'm ready for that humidity or whatever's going to happen out there. Well, let's make it happen. <laughs> Bro, and I was telling Joshua, I was like, I want to start. I want to start off here, man. Four four years ago, four years ago, me and and uh, Soren were in Atlanta. This was his first Olympic trials. This was my first Olympic trials, but I wasn't there to race. I was there to do social media for our team, uh, the the Hoka Aggies, at the time. And it's just crazy because I think back to that time. I also was going through the interview process here. At Hoka. I heard that everyone was gonna be there at Hoka. I we had athletes going. I was like, this is perfect. I need to be there doing social media. I can meet the Hoka people while I do it. Soaring was a big advocate for me to go, but we were yeah. both in very different places in our lives. I can't believe yeah. it's been four years. I know like, time flies. Can you just re- reflect on where were you at at that time in your life? What was going through your mind going going into the Olympic trials four years oh, ago. That year, that, I remember that year being interesting because uh that's where I was re- developing when I remember having like these uh, nerve issues in my in my right leg. Um so it was like after my first year of college, you know, I joined the Aggies, everything was good. And then that second year I started having these just random like nerve issues with my legs. And I actually remember we did like uh PA championships and I did all right and I was like Okay, maybe because I was dealing with these nerves, I was like, maybe I'm not going to be able to do the 
uh, marathon for CIM, which was like two or three weeks. I was going to use the uh, use the PA championships, uh, which is local uh, cross country uh, races that they do locally here in Northern California, where all clubs get to come together and race and compete. You know, it's a way to get out and just come on a weekend with all, all, all your teammates and just race. And uh, I came and I was like, wow, I, I think I got like 10th or something like that. I was just disappointed because I was dealing with this issue. And I was like, you know what? I might not run CIM. And because uh, I, I, I was building up training for it. And then we after that race, I just felt dejected. And I remember coming that following week, our coach was like, I had two choices because like, I I'd made the club cross train. Do I do the club cross workout? the following week with two weeks to go, or do I do the marathon work? And I was like, you know what? I've trained so hard for this. Let me do this marathon workout. I was dealing with the nerve issue. I was like, I'm here. I got to at least give it a try. Went to CIM and was able to get my qualifier. And I was like, we're going to Atlanta, Aaron. We're going yeah. to ATL. Yeah, no, that's, that's crazy that you were like dealing. I remember when you were having those issues and you like just couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. But in that race that you had at CIM, you know, that was your first marathon too, wasn't it? Yep. It was my first marathon. Yep. What clicked? Oh. <laughs> like, what what clicked in that in, in that race? Or did you just how did you feel yeah, two miles I in? Think, I remember I remember just going into the race knowing, okay, my legs just gonna probably feel like it's gonna go numb. Just control, just control what you can control. You know, it's gonna go numb. Don't try to try to zone it out. Just I know it's gonna feel weird because every step sometimes I it would just feel weird, but then it would just sometimes go away. Mm -hmm. And then I felt it after it was around eight mile eight. I was like, oh man, I got to get through this. Just it, it started coming up again where it feels like it's going numb. I was like, I right, just be relaxed. Don't, don't panic. Just stay with the group. Cause there was a large group too, which was nice. Like it's what's awesome about CIM. They say it's really magical for sure. It is. Cause you just have a bunch of, you miss a bottle. You got 10 people. Like anybody need a bottle? You're just passing bottles. And it's just, um, you're just all together. And just everybody's has that same goal. Usually, you know, around that time of year, everyone wants to get the, get the uh, uh the qualifier it's, it's, it's weird because you're racing but it's also you're like kind of racing against time and this ultimate goal that you've been working towards uh then but after like mile 10 it went away and then i i just remember when i got to halfway i was like i'm going to the trials i know they say in a marathon the race starts after 20 but i just had this utterly uber confidence that I, confidence that i was going to make it and that just carried me through the whole race and i negative split it i think i went like 108 108 like 30 the first half and then like 107 high so i negative split it so you're feeling and, good halfway there yeah i knew halfway i already i was already starting to picture i was like all right what kind of post do i want to put up no i'm not, yeah. like, I'm not even lying with you I'm like, yeah, we're doing this mama we made it it was weird i've never had a feeling like this we're halfway i was like it's like i knew i i knew i was gonna do it what about like that being your first marathon too, you talked about how I CIM, you know, people are giving bottles if you need it and stuff like that. Like, what was your experience with, you didn't have any like stomach issues or you knew? No, I, I, I'm a weird, every, everyone's different with the marathon, man. Cause some people are like practicing fluids every week. Me, man, I don't do, I do long runs, like 24 miles, no water, nothing. I think <laughs> I have like three ounces of water and like half a chocolate goo and that. And I don't recommend that to anyone. Everyone's body's different, man. <laughs> I think I mean, I think I grabbed the second bottle and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna grab any. Everybody else is grabbing them. They're all passing. I don't need to waste my time grabbing bottles. But I was thankful 
for those people out there to get some sips here. But man, what makes that marathon exciting? I remember it's just like it's a bunch of blue collar runners. Too. Obviously, you have your top top high athletes. Oh, those will do the two ten to eleven. But then there's a bunch of these groups of people where they're just you know they work forty hours a week and they're yeah. waking up early like you are five a.m. doing doubles later after work five five thirty. Some of them have family, so they got kids to go to. And just knowing that there's a bunch of people like that that understand the grind that you're going through, it just makes it that much more better, you know. Now, most of those, what, what makes the Olympic trials, at least on the marathon, marathon cool, like most other sports, people that are making Olympic trials, they might be professional athletes. Or something. Most of us, you know, we may have some um, little mini contracts or some bonuses. I mean, we're fortunate with the Hoka Aggies, you know, that we have a Hoka behind us, and I've been a Hoka fan since day one. Um, they treat their people good. They treat their athletes right. They're looking out for everyone. Um, but just knowing that you have a bunch of people going for the same goal and they've gone through the same type of journey, it was a beautiful feeling. You know, talking to them to after people were hugging their kids. You know, some people talking about they've tried, they've been trying this for years and years and not giving up and being resilient and finally getting that. It just feels like a weight off your shoulder, knowing all the grinds. Because you know, marathon, you it's not like a basketball game. You got two, three games a week you get one or two shots at it, you know, maybe a year max. And that's if you're healthy. So it's like you're yeah. literally grinding six months for one race and you're putting in excruciating miles. Like some people putting 100, 120, 130. So when you're, when everything clicks on that day, man, it's a special feeling unlike any other. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious then, what, what was it like after hitting such that high, high? And so that was 2019 that you did that in CIM. And then what's two months, you got to build up again for the Olympic trials, how was it kind of like building back up again after such a hard effort? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because you don't have really too much time to celebrate. I think I was like really excited for a week. Um, I went, we went to Pennsylvania for a club cross. I ran it after only six days, my legs were sore still. Um, but after that, I took one week off. I was like, I knew I couldn't take two weeks off really because I'd be, feel like I'd have to fully restart. And within only two months left, I knew I needed more time. I knew I couldn't just take two weeks off. So I took straight up one week off and then just really started building right back into it. Really, you know, slowly but surely. It was one of those things where you're like, yeah, I'm glad I made it, but I hop back on the grind. Because, you know, you got to do this all over again in two months in the ATO. What did it What did it mean, you know, yeah, you had, you went to, P, you went to the championships after that. But I'm also thinking about like for your for your family, for your brother, your parents, like what did it mean to them to see you like qualify for for the trials? Like what what was their reaction? Oh man, it was exciting. You know, a lot of my family, we we're not too like crazy uh we're not probably so sports isn't really emphasized, especially in the in yeah. the, the C mm -hmm. culture, it's really like get your education, you know, get a good job, get married, all this. But seeing someone actually make it, you know, it was really exciting. I had a lot of family in Canada. They were so like, well, well, the name was being put out there and it meant something, you know. See my grandparents proud of me and even see my parents knowing that all the sacrifices they made just to even come into this country, you know. So people like me and my brothers have a chance at a better life. You know, they sacrifice a lot. So, so it was, I was always thinking that too, you know, they made all this sacrifice. I want to make proud. I think I did. And it was exciting, you know, for them and for me personally, personally going through all the triumphs I had to just get to that point was a, was a blessing, man. 
And then I'm I'm curious, curious, Warren, because Aaron was talking about before how like in that period of time, like you were the one in, in the house and slow that was uh that was grinding more than ever, waking up at 5 30 a.m. and just a, a cycle of a loop going day in, day out. Can I, I think that was probably kind of was that I, I bet that was kind of normal to you. You feel me? Like you seem like yeah, you just no, it's like man, like with this marathon thing, man, it's a lot of sacrifice, man. Being being a runner, you know, it's like some days you just feel like it's you try everything's about you or just even people want to hang out. You can't, you're tired, you just double, you just want to lay down. Like you'll do a workout sometimes, just eating, you're tired, your body's so tired, you're like, oh, I just want to down a smoothie or something, go to bed, man. It was I was going to bed at like 8:30. You know, I, I'm a big believer in sleep and recovery. Mm. So it's like, man, we're hanging out, and I was like, oh, 8 30, I thought like, I gotta hit the bed, you know. And it's like Monday through Friday, like Friday would come evening. It's like, all right, I can get an extra hour or two sleep, man. Sleeping at 10 was like sleeping at like 2 a.m. That's what it would feel like. Just, but it was, it was a sacrifice, you know, you knew, I knew if I wanted to be at that point where I could qualify, I'd have made those sacrifices. Um, it wasn't easy, man. It's, it's a grind. It's, it's a discipline. Motivation comes and go with discipline, man. It's, it's what's going to get you to where you want in your goals. But dope, bro, Joshua, you can't you can't imagine the amount of energy this man has in the morning, though. Like, oh, oh yeah. So we run with our buddy. Shout out Brian <laughs> Gallardo, man. He was a, he was a good buddy. Still is. He'd he'd come out. He'd drive over and run. But I, you know, some people are quiet. I I try to bring that energy in anything I do. So I'd wake up <laughs> at five thirty. These guys would know, and I'm just hyped for like, yo, let's get this day started. Uh, let's get this run going. You know, because. Living with all these guys like Aaron, man, I, I loved it. I knew one day it would come to an end. So while I was there, I always wanted to make yeah. every moment count. And we still think about those moments to this day. It's because of all that energy, good energy, positive energy we had amongst each other that made it special. And I just try to live my day, live my life like, you know, you never know when your last one is. So you might as well leave on happy notes and really appreciate life, do the little things like being able to be fortunate enough to be able to get up at 5 30 and just being going out for a run, you know? Yeah. And I don't take anything for granted. So that's why I try to make every moment count. Yeah. There definitely was like a great, uh, a great and unique like synergy in that house. There was a, a lot of like different yeah. personalities, some personalities like clash, but I will say that I do feel like everyone in that house was trying to, to better themselves and, some type of way in their running in their career or I don't know even just like self-improvement and I feel like it was I feel like it was a positive environment there's definitely stuff that you know we could have been better 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 about but of course of course I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the environment was like like talk like toxic or anything yeah. I felt like we all did definitely look out for each other and uh and care for care for each other at least like yeah. for sure because like oh, for sure when you get older and you move in yeah places people listening may be living in a house where like yeah like you're not really friends with who you um live with or like you know what i'm saying we would go out to eat together like just yeah. doing runs together and stuff like that like no nah, that was those were those were some of the good days man those were yeah the- no, i mean it's the closest thing you could say with being in college while not being in college but we took it another step because like people that were there they really at some point if not running was a part of it like like yourself you moved all the way from LA you'll mark yeah. just to just to pursue running yeah. as a blue collar athlete 
sacrificing everything you could and you were working at a shoe store, you know, doing that. And when you're off work, you're getting your shoes on, getting ready to run just for the, just to be able to do the best that you can for why you came here in the 1500 and stuff. And that's what made it cool. Like we all made these sacrifices, whether it be short-term or long-term for this passion that we had, which was running. And that's what all brought us all together. And I think we've all grown from that as we reflect, you know, it's been what, two, three years since we lived in each other. I think a lot of us have made great career moves. Some of us are still training, still running, doing bigger stuff. Like, look at you, man. You went from you went from just running warehouse and now, man, you're like one of the faces of Hoka. So it's it's and part of those things that you learned, whether it be working at running warehouse or living in that house, man, built you up to who you are today. And that's that was awesome seeing all of us grow and, you know, branch off. And but still be able to come together when we do and remember those special moments that we had. Definitely, definitely um, well said. I can't couldn't say it any better than that. Uh, that's dope. Sure. Before we get to how that race really went in Atlanta, I'm curious uh, too. But this may go into the race. When was the moment when you felt like? oh, I'm starting to fall in love with the marathon. Was it kind of like that process and that discipline? Was it living with the guys and the training or was it was it the race in Atlanta? When did you start to really like fall in love with the marathon? Or was it not even in 2020? Uh, uh, for me, I think it's really the, the journey. Honestly, if you're just looking at the destination and being at the destination, you're never truly going to like it and appreciate it. I think it was really going through those tough days when you're like, whether it be, when you're doing group workouts, you know, there's before just four or five guys of you post collegiate. We you just came back after work, you know, you had an eight, nine hour day work, and now you got a PM Wednesday, right? Smack in the middle, 5 30 PM workout. It's cold, it's like 30 degrees, it's foggy, and it's just you and the boys. And you're like, you know, you're you know, going into it, you're about to run anywhere from 15 to 18 miles, whether it be mile repeats, grass hills, grass loops turf loops and you know it's about to be a grind but there's nowhere else you'd rather be than with your boys grinding trying to achieve the same goals so that that's really what was what made it beautiful and made me fall in love with you know the marathon is that you got so much going on you're tired but you still got a group of you know few individuals that really want to just grind and see what you can do and I think that's what I love about doing something you know kind of like college you know kind of took it for granted it was easy you had classes not saying classes yeah. are easy but you know you have classes you have a lot more free time here like you if you're going to do this you really got to commit because you got a little time after work you maybe got two three hours of your free time and spending it wanted to spend it with your with your boys grinding is no other feeling and it, i just appreciated that having that came common mindset of wanting to sacrifice for each other to, to be great like i said people moved from la up to just slow wanting to do that and i found that very you know i wanted to be a part of that culture just commit you know and that's really what the journey was being surrounded by people that just wanted to be great and give it their best not knowing whether you would ever achieve it or not it's not like we had contracts and this were our jobs we did it because we wanted to grind and, and you have a certain chip on your shoulder when you're a blue collar you know it means a little bit more Nah, I feel that, bro. I love hearing that because it really, it reminds me to, I wasn't able like to run post-collegially, but it just reminds me just, but even just being in high school and being in college yeah. and just working and waking up in those days and just like grinding when no one else is there. You feel me? When no one's watching, yeah. like, where were you when I was shooting in the gym? 
like exactly it's, straight up it, it's such a you, beautiful man? like oh, moment that you can't like i don't know you can't get that it just reminds me that like bro like running really is like a superpower to be able to like sure. run and discipline yourself like it's a straight up like superpower it's nothing like it i don't know there's for the, like those endurance sports there's nothing really else like it but i think we could talk about that for a minute but what was what was atl like what was that experience first time olympic trials on that big stage like that that to be wild a wild uh 24 hours oh man it, it was great man the the host at atl atl track club and they did a great job of hosting us providing awesome meals great programs throughout the day throughout the day they had, did a great job man shout out to them but I remember just sitting, standing on the line, you know, having the national anthem. It's cold, chilling, just looking around, be like, "Man, we we're out here. We made it. Like we're we're gonna we're about to do this." It was like, you know, it was all that all those moments, you know, life's about moments, pretty much. And what how you get to those moments is having that discipline and grind to get there. Um, you know, you don't remember every single day what what was going on, but you'll remember those moments, like the 2020 trials. I'll I'll, I'll go down knowing that will always be a mo memory. I'll always remember. But to get to that memory, I it, had, it took all those months and years of grinding and putting in those work, those Wednesday night afternoons that brought it in. So it was a a, a culmination of of positive thoughts uh, generated from hours and hours and hours of putting uh, time into my craft. Did you did you have any worries about COVID going into that? Because remember that was like man that we, we talked about this. We 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 looking back at it. If that race would have ran maybe three, four days later, or even a week, it would have never happened. That's that crazy. was literally the last weekend, and then everything was shut down. I remember going in, like, I know we would get worried, like, going in, we're like, we don't want to get sick, and then when we started seeing everyone at the airport, to so like, N95, I'm like, I was the N95, man. What, man what, what, where are the other 94? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you think about the Nintendo Yeah, because yeah, nobody, it's not like, we were at the hotel, not every nobody was really wearing a mask. It was just like, oh, this ain't happening here. This is like, you know, in a different country. And then, like, once we got back, I was like, man, what is happening? Everything was crazy. The world changed. It was, it, man, it was, it was a shock. And who would have thought, looking now, man, that what was going to happen of it? I think we all would have put some money in the stock at that time. But you know, <laughs> man, it was crazy. It was oh. nuts. I, we were thinking, but I, like, literally, if it was a week later, I don't know what would happen. That's crazy. That's that's really wild to think. We gotta have to virtual time. trials and submit your time. Man, yeah, it's out of material. It was crazy. Yeah. What what was your reaction to to your performance though in Atlanta? How'd you feel? Were you satisfied? You know, I I, I think I was looking at my time. I think I ran in the two twenty ones. So, you know, I ran two seventeen thirty one for to qualify. I think I ran two twenty one. And remember, I don't know if you guys remember, ATL, it was windy, man. That When we ran it that, that day, it was super windy. That oh. course had a lot of potholes, too. So you were like, shit, it was, it was cold. It was windy. Huh? That dude fell yeah. from... <laughs> yeah, a lot of people fell, man. It was, it was a challenging course. Like, it was a little hilly, too. And the, you turn around... Like it was like wind on your back, and right when you turn around, that wind would hit you in the face. So it was it was a surprisingly very challenging course, and the conditions were not ideal. But, but um, I was just like, man, I gotta give it everything I had, and you know, it, it was tough because you went from you know just looking at a time, and now you're like, okay, I kind of had kind of some goals, but I was also just like, I'm here, you know, let's just run hard. 
So just using that, I think for my, I think I came in top one third. I think I was seventieth overall. Um, so you know, I think there's 255 listed in the race. I think 210 finished, and I was seventieth, seventieth or so. So I was like, I was top one third, you know, American. So I was, I was happy yeah. about that. That was a super dope conversation that we had with Swore and Aaron. Uh, for the next three or four weeks, we'll really see. We'll be talking to Swarren each every week, uh, talking about his journey to the Olympic trials. You guys are gonna learn more about Swarren Jeep Boyle and what this dude's really about. Like Aaron, next week these dudes are going to be moved. They're gonna be motivated about his story of falling in love with running, about how he got with how he was trying to get on the Cal Poly slow team. It's about to be, shoot, they about to be motivated next week, bro. No, for the next the next couple of weeks, bro, like I said, I'll say it again, Swarren is one of the most positive people that I've ever met. You know, even like coming out of that conversation, I'm just excited that I know, I'm like, you know, I'm proud that I know that guy. You know what I'm saying? I love, that was my roommate. And that's, that'll be my boy forever. And like I said, He's a big reason why I'm here at Hoka, one of my number one uh, like supporters for sure. So I, I'm happy that we get to just shine a light on this story because it's an incredible, it's a, yeah, it's an incredible story. So keep tuning in uh, these next couple of weeks for that, man. And we're going to do a little something with them at the Olympic trials to keep everything so y'all could like visually be on track with them too. Uh, me and John will do some stuff too. So exciting it's just exciting and full circle moments are always cool yeah keep on following these blue collar runners bro it's it's nice to hear these stories these guys that are these guys and gals that just want it that just love the sport that want to make it to these moments want to make it to these moments and like they love the journey that takes to get there and be able to relish in that moment once they're there this is something definitely beautiful but appreciate y'all listening uh, shoot we're starting off 2024 strong two straight weeks with podcast episodes we'll be back next week with another uh let's do it Aaron yes sir yes sir everybody have a good week stay blessed um and we'll see y'all next week on the two black Tuesday let's get it it's